Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Supercoach Edge. Now, Liam, we love ourselves a bargain, don't we? Mm. We've got our, uh, our wallets in our hands, we're ready to spend. So it's a good time to delve into episode two of Mids Week, where we highlight some of the tastier mid-priced slash value options in the engine room. Yes, and as uh, our old friend Franco would say, Grand style, grand style, grand style. Because that's, that's what we've got here. We've got some mid-prices, some uh, value 100%. options, some yeah. uh, modern Misano. <laughs> so I was waiting for that. I was about to jump in. You beat me to it. Very good. Have the pleasure to present to you Il Modernissimo. Bedroom suites, dining room, and wonderful lounge. But then I'll pull it out. I promise. I promise. Uh, <laughs> they're legit. They are legit. They're legit. You pay they for what you get. Top quality. Yeah. <laughs> well, you pay top for what you get. And may, maybe a bit more as well, uh, depending mm. on if they're hollowed out. <laughs> yes. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but uh, before we kick off, we'll just run through the socials and where you can find us on YouTube. Search Supercoach Edge and please subscribe so you are notified when our content does drop. Uh, from week to week and uh, midweek as well when we do these uh, pre-season episodes. On Twitter, you'll find us at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, if you search Supercoach Edge, that's where, you, that's where we'll be. That's it, Liam. And um, let us wander through the grandiose doors <laughs> of uh, Franco's fine establishment, and find ourselves a bargain, shall we? Let's do it. Megalo, Megalo, Megalo. Let's kick off with some mid-priced players in the midfielders. And first up, we have the running man himself, Took Miller. 545.5K, mid-eligible, average of 97.6 in 2023. And he has the double buy, or two buys, that is. Took the running man, Miller, might in my opinion, be one of the most juiciest options. Priced a whopping mm. 19 points under his three-year average of 116.6. Comes off the back of his injury in 2023 and a late return, which never really saw him fully return, I guess, to his mm. usual role in the middle. Um, that is where 
the key to his upside does come in. If he can get back his CBAs, he should be able to return to his high averages. If he can get back to an average of 120, you would think he'd certainly finish as a mm. top mid in 2024. Now, while his uh, start to the season wasn't scintillating, he was still averaging pretty well, 115.4 in those first five rounds. He then got injured against North for a score of 40, which um, drags it down in that next game. So we did ignore that before his injury. Mm. Um, But his switching roles following his injury is where a bulk of his scoring did take a hit. Playing more probably as a high half forward with his CBA average being just 67% in 2023 compared to 81% in 2022. His average pre-injury was 115.4, as we said, across his first five games uh, before his injury, whereupon he averaged just 93.1 in those games post-injury. Still, we did see late in the season, even when he was playing that split half forward and um, the mid-rolls or the less, lesser mid-roll, he was able to score well enough. I think with a full preseason behind him and just the fact that he, we know he can run all day, he will be able to get his scoring back up. So I, I don't think there's massive concern. Like he was still able to score 101, I mean, 81, 106, 82, 104, 86. He went 180, 180, 180 across those rounds. So I don't think it's the end of the world if he does sort of get less CBAs, but if he can get some more and then um, play in that half forward role, I don't think it'll end be the end of the world. Of course, his overall average really doesn't tell the true tale as it includes his injury-affected score of 40. So if we do exclude this, his average for the year also increases from 97.6 to 102.4, which is not 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 too shabby. Um, yep. not, not quite what we want from Took Miller, but... Uh, a bit more expectable. Yeah, not, not as bad. I guess the query comes from his new coach in Dimmer. What role does Took play and does it affect his scoring? And will the rise of stupid, sexy planners impact on your CBAs? Obviously, we'll have to watch during the preseason. The other question I do have is that Dimmer's teams generally don't have massive super coach scorers. Um, mm, Dusty's true. probably the only exception. And even then, probably never was as big as what mm. he could have been. Like, there's no other midfielders that I can think stand out. No. Um, like Hopper and Taranto last year played well, but didn't really, wouldn't say they were the mm. upper echelon. So that's one thing as well. That probably also could affect Flanders uh, potentially mm-hmm. as well, something just to watch. But I think if we see him in, this, in the preseason, we'll get a better idea there. In terms of verdict, I think he's almost a lock. He's in my side because I'd never imagined I could get a guy in my side who can average 120 like Took Miller for sub 550K. I think if mm-hmm. it wasn't for a new coach, if it was still old mate Stewie Dew up there, uh, he'd be a lock and load. But just watch what plans Dimmer has for Took before locking him in. Yep. No, there I agree with all that. And I sorry, just having a quick look at my team, which of course um is a, a bit of a um a bit of a fluctuating uh piece here as it is with most people. But um mm. Miller is only fifty-five, roughly fifty-five K more expensive than Matt Crouch, and he's cheaper than Sammy Walsh. So mm-hmm. he is an absolute bargain, uh, as you said, and um, uh, you know I'm 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 quietly confident that he's going to get back to his uh, his heights of 120 average, but I do slightly worry about I guess the number of cooks in the kitchen for the Suns, following especially the emergence of Flanders, who now I guess the Suns have to find space for you know stupid sexy uh, Anderson, <laughs> Raoul, 
Swallow potentially, even though I think Swallow will probably be pushed out yet again, uh, probably potentially forward or back into defense or maybe even a wing role. But, um, you know, with Miller there returning, it was hard to sort of get enough of a snapshot in the back end of 2023 to be like, all right, I'm confident now that he's going to get back into his usual role. I think he will just because he's been at that quality, uh, you know, uh, contributor in the engine room for the Suns over so long. So I think he will, but it's just, uh, I'm worried about the impact that say Flanders may have. And then, I mean, last year was, was the rise of Anderson as well. Um, Mm. Probably even more so. So, uh, it just comes down to the slice of pie. Uh, is there enough of a slice of pie to go around? Do we expect maybe Tookie Miller's average to dip slightly? Maybe it, maybe it goes back to, you know, um, semi heights of one twenty. Maybe it goes around about one fifteen. We'd be happy yeah. with that, at, at, given his uh, his starting price. price. But yeah, I guess for me, if it wasn't for his early buy, like you said, he'd be at hundred percent lock. But I'm just unsure at this stage if I'll start him or look to bring him in at a later stage. But Trouble is, you know, you do miss out on that starting price, that juicy starting price, if you don't start with him. Um, so he's going to be one to watch eagerly as to how Dimmer Hardwick uses him and really assess from there. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Uh, so I'll watch on him, but another guy who we are eager to uh, watch over the preseason, it's someone who we're both familiar with, but uh, more so you in 2023, Liam. I'm not um, eager to watch. You brought him in. You had him twice. You owned him twice, didn't you? This this bloke. I think you started with him. Did I trade? Traded oh, him I out. Remember. He, remember, he broke his collarbone. We're giving away who it is now. He broke his collarbone early season. Maybe traded I did. Him out. I can't remember if I started with him though. I think I did. I think you sure. did. I think we both did. I started with him. Remember that and traded him out. Um, but this man, he's Jack Steele. No, it's five twenty nine. Is it? Does it strike into your your heart just hearing the name? Yeah, never Jack again. Steele? Never he's again. He's one of our favorites, Liz. He's one of yeah, our favorites. Never again, Liz. He slid down the list. He slid. He's, so he's on 100% never again list. Are you definitively saying this? No, okay. He's not five. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He he is his, the very. Look, I'll give him. His headshots on the front of the never again list, by the way, five. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is the, he's the, the, he's dedicated to him in the book. Um, yeah. He is still, I would say he's probably on like. Butters level where like yeah okay, he's, yep. he's he's just not on the radar right now because he's burnt me yeah burnt me too many times fool me once shame on you it fooled me we can't get fooled again <laughs> as George W was famously yes. said so Jack Steele his average in 2023 was 94.8 only has the one by thankfully so that's at least a tick Liam so there we no. go we'll start with a tick don't care and uh, we'll just took. <laughs> we'll give a give a took the tick. Um, I'd rather give every. I'd rather have a player that had a buy every round. I'd rather pick a player that's not going to play in steel right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, you you watch steel start the know, season kill in it. a blaze of glory, it. and you're going to be. I could also be... have him in my side because I do think he's value. Yeah, exactly right. Five twenty nine point five k. So let let me just roll through some stats for you, Lynn, because it may solidify, it may sway you, maybe potentially, which Mm. I don't think is going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. So he did finish 2023 with an average of sub 100 uh, with a 94.8, but still appears as a value option when you consider, Liam, that in 2022, he averaged 109.8 and in 2021, he averaged 126, a whopping 126. Come on. You like the sound of that. But when we delve deeper, Liam, into his 2023 numbers, does he become someone you want to pick in your side? That is the question. And I know outright you're saying no, but 
He had a year with high variability in his scoring, something that we aren't used to with Steele, with a range of over 108 points with a top score of 160 and a low score of just 52. And in years gone by, we've been able to see Steele with a decent floor, supported by his high tackle numbers, as you know. When we look at his average tackles in 2023 versus 2022 versus 2021, they've regressed from 8.41 to 7.17 to 7.14 most recently in 2023. But we can also see that his disposals have also decreased, affecting his scoring over that period from an average of 29.18 in 2021 to just 23.76 in 2023 and still sustained his, uh, you know, his fair share again of injuries with a second broken collarbone in as many seasons that disrupted his early season form. So there are excuses here, Liam. And there were ongoing questions over his fitness in 2023 when he returned with still looking like the walking wounded. But uh, of course, Ross, the boss, you can't read too much into what he says. Uh, it tells a lot of fibs, I think. And uh, he kind of just said no. He's fine. He's fine. Despite the fact that he probably, he could have been missing a limb and I reckon Ross, the boss would have been like, no, yeah. no, no, he's all good. It's a flesh wound. Don't worry. He's all good. Um, tis but a scratch. Yeah. Tis but a scratch. Exactly. A bit of Monty Python about it. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. All right. We call it a draw. So there's no doubting hundred percent. He was, he was hindered to some extent. And the fact that he, mm. he broke a collarbone um, wasn't good either. But the no. other key difference in 2023 was a change in that coach, in Ross Lyon, returning to the helm of the Saints. And there is potential that this is positive for Steele in 2024 as he, I guess, understands his role better and others around him. But uh, the role didn't really look as favorable in 2023. Of course, the defensive game style line implemented saw the Saints come in as the second lowest stoppage side in the game, an area, mm-hmm. of course, where Steele does his best work. It should also be noted that overall, Steele saw a slight decrease in his CBA attendances in 2023, averaging 76% across the season compared to 81% in 2022 and 83% in 2021. However, it doesn't appear as though this is a key concern for him, and there's no real stark drop-off in CBAs in particular games that affect his average. So the question marks are over, probably more so his role in the middle. Liam, I'm going to throw to you here first half for the verdict have I swayed you in any way or is it put more doubt in your mind or are you just still? No, I look, I probably was a bit harsh. It's not on my never again list. Yes. Um, but on a, in, in, it could, it could be swayed. Player, yes. Like a player that I think he starts, if there's two players I'm weighing up, he starts lower because I've been burnt by him in recent years. Yeah. Um, so it's not to say that that's probably close to where I'm at. I want to say I jumped on him early. I jumped on mm. him in 2020 early and it helped me. Yes, you were one of the first, really well. I remember. So I will say I am a big fan of Jack Steele. I do like him, um, but um, I think I'm just concerned. We're seeing regression in his averages year on year, you know, 2021, 126, 2022, 109, then sub 100 this year at 94.8. That's a concern for mm-hmm. me. Um, at this stage, I, I don't, I don't know. He just, didn't look good last year and owning him hurt. Um, hopefully it was just sort of injury, I don't know, related, and he bounces back. But look, I think I'd have to be just – I think I'd have to see him really put up good numbers in the in the preseason um, for me to look at him again at this stage. Probably rather pick him up a bit later and maybe even at a higher price. 
just though I do feel a bit more like I know he's going to be a sustainable high scorer. Like yep. I'm willing to forgo his value to be a bit more sure because I'm just worried about him. Yeah, and on that point as well, I mean, if you're comparing it to a Tookie Miller, where like I mentioned in my sort of verdict with Took, that if I don't start with him, I'm going to be foregoing that value. Mm. I would be more worried about losing the starting value on Tuki Miller as opposed to Steele, yeah. just because Took has that history behind him um, and has been more reliable, I think, in recent seasons, yeah. apart from that knee injury that hindered him and that role change ever so slightly. Whereas with Steele, I think it's probably more compounded by, obviously he's been hindered with the injuries as well, but more consistently. And also I think Ross Lyon could potentially have an impact uh, on him just with uh, the, I guess, the the low number of stoppages um, for the Saints kind of puts a bit of a dent and he means that he has to kind of do more work around the ground. And the one thing with stoppages as well is obviously the ball in tight. That's kind of where Steele does a lot of his tackling work as well. Um and then contested work as well that goes on with it. So I think there is some sort of impact. Um, if you do follow, uh, and if you don't, you probably should, on Twitter um, or X, um, Jaden Papowski. Hopefully I've pronounced his surname correctly. Hopefully we're going to have a, we're having a chat to him at a later stage in one of the upcoming episodes because he's an absolute fountain of knowledge with all things stats. But he actually did a bit of a uh, breakdown of steel uh, and his performance over 2023. And he said, despite, I guess, the low number of stoppages, he does think that whilst it has a little bit of an impact, it's probably more so due to form, uh, which probably makes a lot of sense with regards to, you know, not working at full fitness. Similar to, I guess, speaking in the same vein as, uh, you know, Sammy Walsh that we spoke about in the previous episode, potentially hindered more so by injury as opposed to anything else uh, and just hasn't been playing at full flight. So, you know, we, we know that he, what he can produce, as we mentioned back in, what was it, 2021, when he was averaging 126 so I, do, I don't think he's going to get back to those heights um, this year. But for that price, if he can get back to his 2022 average of 110, um, I think he'd be a nice little bargain. But again, as you mentioned, I'd be happy to um, sit on my hands, wait to see how he performs. And then from there, we'll uh, we'll, we'll assess uh, if he's at a higher price point. That's, that's no, no that's stress. fair off. I'll give it. Uh, that, that's where I'm at. I think, especially when you talk about that comparison with, Took Miller, I agree. I'd rather took Miller's value, despite the fact that he is what twenty ish k more expensive mm. than Jack Steele. Um, but like I look back, twenty twenty one, Steele was top two mid, um, both on points and average. He was actually the second highest player, I think, overall um, in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. He's, I mean, he got injured. He had injury issues, so he didn't play a full year. So total points we can't look at. But if we look at him in 2022 as based off his average, he is down in 15th spot for mids. So like he's not out of the way, but I mean, obviously yeah. total points is an issue, but he's not that far down, but he's not in that upper echelon. Um, and likewise, Took Miller in that time is the fourth mid in 2022. 2021, he's the fourth, third mid, third mm -hmm. best player as well. 2020. I don't know if it was if it went. I can't remember when he broke out, but I don't think he was in 2020. So yeah, Steele was third in 2020 as well. So I mean, you got to consider that. I think yeah. in recent years, Steele hasn't been up there in average um, compared to a Took Miller who has been. Last year mm -hmm. was really the only anomaly. 
where he yep. hasn't been up there and it really comes down to his injury. Yep. No. So, yeah, I, I think the value that the value play to me took Miller's better than Steele. And I'd rather see Steele um rather see Steele over a few weeks um and yeah. then get him in. Yep, bit of exposed form. Yeah. I agree. Unless that being said, unless he smashes it in the preseason. Like unless he yeah. absolutely kills it, maybe he um entices me. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Let's move You'd have on. to rock up on your doorstep with some uh, chocolates and flowers, but the sounds a bit lame. And serenading yeah. um, oh, as much. well. With a boombox. Yeah, exactly. Outside what your window. Does it say anything? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> and then and then you'd be like um like Rapunzel throwing your uh, golden locks My over the uh, locks. <laughs> something outside the tower. And it, yeah. uh, for Jack Steele to climb up. <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what that's what gonna take steel. Yeah. Uh anyway, let's notice. move on. Let's I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's move on to Nick Martin, 492.8K, mid-eligible, 88.2 average. No, only one buy, luckily. So we may we may question why Nick Martin is here, and it is based off his uh, potential role change. So Nick Martin, we'll chat about that in a second, but we'll chat about his averages first. So Nick Martin has managed to increase his average by just under nine points from 2022 to 2023, going from an average of 79.19 in his debut season to 88.17 in 2023. We have also seen what he can do uh, when he did play along the wing with high scores of 139, 137, 129, 127, 124, and 120. But equally, the floor isn't as high as it could be with lows of 34, 49, 53, and 58. The key reason, though, that I have highlighted him here is that he has been playing a role off halfback as a key distributor for the mm. Dons at training and in match sim. And apparently, um, from what I've heard, the ball movement out of the back line is looking more dynamic because of him. Like, they're going through him as um, as an option. Um, so, and he's a good user of the ball, which will help his scoring. So whether this is just, I don't know, maybe to gain some experience in the role or if it's, uh, you know, so they can roll it out mid game if they need to, if they need to change something up, or if it is a full-time switch, it's probably something still to be determined. But if he mm. does play this role, similar to something that Dacos does, he could end up being a strong super coach scorer with DPP status as well. Mm. And that's where it becomes interesting if he does get that defensive status, because I don't think he averages high enough to be a top mid, but he could average high enough to be a top defender. Mm. The key issue for him, though, is obviously his mid-only status. It makes it hard to justify a spot at this time, obviously, without any guarantee that he does get defensive status. Uh, so I'd be watching him over the preseason. 
it's probably more a long game one, similar to a potentially a steal. We're probably willing to let him go up in price a little bit, hit it, hit maybe 500k, 520k, and then bring him in because you know that he's mm. going to go up. Um, because if you are picking him at 492, you probably keep picking him to keep him. So yeah, watch him over the preseason, see if he does that half back role is enticing. Um, but I think he could end up as a top eight defender if he does play that role and does get the the added DPP. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's purely on the watch list and not even a watch and see. It's just watch mm. list. Um, yeah. I think it's a speculative pick though that could pay off in the long run. Um, I think he's probably more of an early target as opposed to a player I would start though, unless he does really start strong in the preseason. The one question I have for you, Liam, as a Don's man, is if he goes back and plays in defence, is this going to impact, say, Ridley? The role that he plays as a distributor? Yes. I say I would – I think yes, and I think not. It's a good question. I think there's – it'll affect facets of – I think there's room for both. I think it affects facets of what Ridley would do potentially. Um, I think Ridley's a good kick. I think he's a very safe kick though. Um, whereas Nick Martin, I think he's more willing to bite off something a bit harder and has the ability to do so. Yep. Um, so I think that's why they're probably looking at him um, in that gotcha. spot. With Mackay there and um, a Baldwin or a Laverde playing, I think it really does free up Ridley as a tall, as, as, the, as the intercept option. So I think that's where Ridley will get his points. But Martin will benefit more so from like a, 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 a um, what do you call it, a Dacos style role, like a more of a halfback. Yeah. Like a distributor. Running off like it, they, yeah, distributor, yeah. yeah, getting the ball into his hands. So I think I think there's room for both of them, but I think it probably does affect some of, kick-ins, potentially, potentially some of kick-ins. Yeah, that would be my yeah. biggest concern. Because I would, if you ask me who I would prefer kicking out, it's yeah. probably Nick Martin. Sometimes I think I wish he's the kick after the kick-in. Yeah, as opposed to the kick in. in So the second kick. So potentially still Ridley takes the kick in and kicks it towards Martin who distributes it. I don't know. I haven't I I haven't seen it myself. I haven't been down to training or anything, so I can't comment. It's purely what I'm hearing from others. Um, but that's yeah, something I'd be watching. Would it be uh we'll move on to the next player shortly, but just the Mm. other question I had was um just being a a non-Dons man, I'm not as in the know as yourself, obviously, but uh like it when you mentioned him potentially going back into defence, is it the same sort of role that they were trying to groom uh, Hind into at various stages? Like a sort of a run and carry yeah, distributor? Potentially run and carry, potentially. I think from what I what I what I understand, he's the one that's distributing it out of the back line. So yeah, probably more like that run and carry. It's not like a Ridley role where he's gonna intercept or yeah, play yeah, more yeah. as a defender. I'd say he's more of an attacking player. Yeah, like a Saad um, or a... Like a Saad um, or a, even like a Doherty to an extent. Doherty, mm. yeah. I think that's where they'd be going with it if they're going anywhere. And like Hind is playing as a forward or been training as a forward. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's sort of the level that I think... I feel more confident. I, initially, I was not sure on it and it looked more like it was potentially something that they were just going to... Um, you know, just try him in a different role, give him some flexibility if they needed to mid-game, but it's looking more and more like it's going to be a role that he will play. Yeah. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, that's that's definitely one to watch then. And I guess the only reason I ask that with Hind is like if if he is obviously being pushed down to the other end of the ground, it means there's less competition for that specific mm. role as well. So it kind of elevates his um uh, his only, potential selection yeah, as well. The only other player I can see doing it, like the only other player that I think makes sense in that role 
is a merit, for instance. And they're not going yeah, to okay. like they're not going to do that. I don't think yeah. they'll do that. But that's the only other player that I think makes sense because he's the only. They're probably the two users of the ball that I think are dynamic enough to be able to pull off what they're intending from that yeah. role. I like it. Very, very good insights there, Liam. And uh, just quickly, verdict for me. So much like you, just wait and see. Um, at this stage, probably yeah. no. Um, I just think there's another player that I'm keen on. Uh, very eerily similar to this um, as a midfielder, potentially being pushed back in defence for mm. his side, which yeah. we'll get into in a moment, uh, who I prefer just because we've got some exposed form on said player compared yeah. to Martin in this potential new role. Uh, so let's move on to uh, the next player, and it is Matt Crouch. The accumulator uh, priced at 490.8K and his average in 2023 was a 97.6. Only has the one buy, so that's a tick for him. Uh, but just with Crouch, when he returned to the senior side at the end of 2023, of course, has been out of favour for some time. But when he did return, he went absolutely bananas with scores of 86, 144, 112, 122, and 86 and 98, showing that he can score well when given the opportunity, uh, much like he did, of uh, I guess, yesteryear. When also mm. uh, he came back and we saw that he took a big share of the CBAs with 84%, 75%, 62%, 72%, 64%, and 73% in the run home. Most promisingly, uh, in terms of competition, uh, Ben Keyes, who was getting regular CBAs without Crouch in the team, was the one to shift out once Crouch returned, paving the way to suggest that the Crows prefer him in the middle over Keys, who uh, mm. himself proved just as impactful up forward. We've also seen that Crouch can be a strong supercoach scorer with averages uh, historically of 110 plus in two seasons in 2020 and 2017. So the question is, can he return to that form? And if so, his starting price would make him an absolute bargain. The key query is over whether he is considered to be best 22, of course, for the Crows in season 2024. He signed an extension, of course, to stay despite uh, there being interest from other clubs. So surely, surely, Liam, they see him fitting into their best team. But who knows? Uh, watch his preseason, of course, to see whether he holds his spot. But if he does, he could be a value pick if he can get back to his old average of 110+. plus. Uh, just quickly for verdict for me, um, I do like what I see here, but on exposed form and the fact that he's re-signed at the Crows and uh, there was whispers that he was going to go. They're like, he's just not getting an opportunity. So surely they sat down with him and said, you know what? You've got a role on our side. We see you as best 22. And the fact that he pushed Keys out of the side, who was someone that was getting CBAs consistently throughout the year, uh, says to me that uh, there's a, definitely a role there for him and not really too much competition, apart from potentially a Rochelle, maybe. Um, mm. But as we know, he's an accumulator in the Tom Mitchell and Parrish mold. But at this reduced price point, it's hard to say no if he does start in round one and looks to have his old spot back in the engine room. But Liam, what do you, what do you think? It's not in my side currently. Um, I'm just having a look at my side because it changes so often that I don't remember yeah. it. He might have been in there yesterday um, and he's not today. Yes. Uh, today he is. No, he's definitely not there now. Um, next guy on the list is, and we'll chat about him in a second. But yeah. the thing that I think you have to consider with with um, Rouch is, do you think he's a one, sorry, is, do you think he's a top 10 mid? Because he, he makes 150K. He's sitting at 640K and you're probably not trading him out. So it's kind of that, that's one thing. I mean, with the extra trades, you probably could afford mm -hmm. to move him on. Um, so it's less of an issue. But just one thing to consider, um, if you think of him as more of a fallen primo as opposed to a mid-pricer, 
um, with that kind of logic. I think you're right. I think there's enough to say that he does have the role. Um, the fact that they persisted with him over keys, they signed, he signed a contract and um, uh, all that kind of stuff, gave him CBAs. The concern I have is if mid-season something happens and they decide that they want to go the Rochelle route or they want to go back to Keys. Um, that that's probably my only worry. Um, yeah, I feel like his his. I mean, obviously the top two would be Laird and um, Dawson. He's the third string, um, and probably the one most at risk if the, if things don't work out. Yeah, that's probably my only concern. I think he, as you said, is an accumulator. His price point that's good. Um, and he'll make cash um, and potentially average well. I just, I'm not sold on him, but I don't dislike it either. I just need to see, yeah. I think I need to see the preseason. I need to see him yeah. actually play. And the one thing uh, that we did mention as well is just with regards to his scoring. And it's one thing that I forgot, uh, I kind of pushed out of my mind as to why I historically haven't liked him as an option for super coach mm. is because he's kicked the handball ratio. He's just mm. way, way skewed towards handballs. He handballs like crazy. Like He's kicked Tom a handball Mitchell. ratio. Yeah. yeah, like Tom Mitchell and uh, not so much Parrish, but Tom Mitchell, 100%. Mm. Um, kicked a handball ratio was 0. 0.4, uh, 0.6, 0.6, 0.7. This is across the past uh, four seasons. So he actually hasn't had a positive kick to handball ratio in favor of more kicks than handballs. Um, so I guess it kind of validates like you know those games where he can rack up the pill and yeah. yet struggles to score at that mega um you know 120 plus type um, yeah. score is because yeah he's handballing more often than not and it probably questions over his, his kicking efficiency which is pretty ordinary at times um that's probably part of the reason why he prefers to handball but just looking at his historical averages as well like when he's when he averaged 110.7 back in 2020 uh, played 16 games. 11 of those games were 100 plus scores, which wasn't too bad. But only five of the games was 120 plus. Yeah. Um, comparing to issue. someone who's a quality like a Bont and Pally, for example, um, or you know a, a track. Uh, Bont last year got 15 120 plus scores. Yeah. Um, Bont and Pally. That's probably sorry, an anomaly, though. We need to probably look at someone. Yeah. Probably Petrarca. I'll have a look at him. Yeah. Um, just pulling out some of the names there. 11 120 plus scores. So. Those you want to get guys in your team that yes are consistent scorers, but also push the envelope and get those 120 plus scores, those big scores that you can potentially use as you know VC options, um, and give you a bit of a leg up over other teams that may not have thought about putting you know the VC on a player yeah. like Crouch if you had the ability to push 120 plus scores consistently, which I think is a big query on him for me. Mm. Um, so I guess it's that security, even though yes Matt Crouch has a high floor. The high ceiling is kind of lacking at times. And I mean, still at that price point that uh, that Crouch is, he does present value, but probably not keeper territory. Like no, you said, that's, my, that's my issue. It's my only issue. I think with the extra trades, it's less of an issue. Mm. You get but, at least once he makes a bit of coin sideways into someone who has a genuine ceiling. Yeah. Um, and that's a genuine primo. Um, yeah. But you also, it's a hard thing. You don't necessarily want to factor that in. Like you don't want to have no. that as your plan, and then all of a sudden, mm. you know, you've got fourteen unravels, um, fourteen injuries, and yeah. you don't you don't have the ability to do that. Um, yeah. So it's hard, but yeah, I agree. I'd be watching him over the preseason um, yep. before I pick him. 
I think there's I think there's value there. I don't mind the pick, but there's there's other options. Um, and talking about other options, this guy is mm-hmm. in my side currently. It is Carl Aon for 83.3K, mid-eligible, 86.5 was his 2023 average, and he only has the one buy for the Hawks. And Amon's average of 86.5 and his price tag of 480-plus-K uh, may make him a bit of a strange choice, especially when you consider mm. his three-year average is just 90.8. So nothing mm. really to write home about there. But when yeah, Amon but. becomes interesting, yes, but ignore everything I say before the but, uh, <laughs> where Amon becomes interesting is his potential move to the back line as a distributor similar to a, um, a, a Martin like we've been talking about. Uh, he played a behind-the-ball behind the ball role to end 2023, leaving him with an average of 106.7 with scores of 96, 113, 103, 133, 119, and 76. Uh, with a move to defense and a small sample size average of 106.7, he could end up being a very valuable pick. Priced almost 20 points under that average when he did move back. He could also pick up defensive eligibility. Um, he would also, sorry, if he uh, plays there. And an average of 106.7 would have seen him finish as a top five defender in 2023. Got to consider that is a very small sample size. Only, what, six games? Yeah, yep. six games. Um, So... You know, we're really extrapolating here, but um, yeah, just something to consider. Amon uh, would also be taking on that role that Blake Hardwick played because he's now being moved forward. Mm, um, nice. That leaves kick-ins as well to be had in the Hawks' back line. Hardwick, I think, was the Hawks' number one kick-in taker in 2023, uh, which would also help Amon scoring and give him a nice little juicy base. Uh, mm. he scores if he could get those kick-ins. So watch that. I do think he's awkwardly priced though in terms of, so this is my verdict now, 483K. It's not the end of the world. It's not too hard to get him up to someone that's that's good. It's probably just the fact that he's a midfielder that hurts you at that 483.3K mm. price point. I mean, you can get him up to a Matt Crouch if Matt Crouch goes well or a, a Nick Martin. Um, but that's probably my biggest issue. I do like him though when he's in my side. Um, I'll be watching his preseason very, very closely, but I do like the boldness of the move, um, which I don't think is actually that bold anymore because I think everyone's jumped on mm. him. Uh, ownership, no, he's still 2%. Apparently. Oh, really? I just got really excited then and punched my microphone, so apologies to anyone's ears. <laughs> um, but, yeah, only 2%, which no yeah. doubt will rise. I think once, you know, word comes once through from scratch matches yeah. and, and yep. preseason and stuff, he'll start to rise, but... Anyone going back to that distributor role, as we know, could be absolute gold. So hence the reason why we uh, mm. we highlighted Nick Martin and um, yeah, Carl Amon. The fact that he's got exposed form in that very yes. role that he's moving What's back into difference? currently is the big difference and part of the reason yeah. why we've both got him um, because there's enough of a sample size there for him to show that he, he can score very, very well. So for me, uh, verdict is yes, he's 100% in my team at the moment. Probably will stay there. Um, and I just think in terms of when you're structuring your team, and that's something that we'll no doubt chat about uh, a bit more in depth at a later stage, but I think you kind of need to be prepared to take a gamble on, you know, one or two players. And mm. having set a sample, like I said, of what Amon can produce in that halfback role really does fill me with a bit more confidence in the selection. And it makes it not just a risk or a gamble, but it, co- it comes into being a calculated risk uh, instead of just being an outright blind gamble. So, I do like that, and uh, hence the reason why uh, stats and numbers 
do help us with a little bit more confidence. So I am very keen on old Carl. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I don't mind it. Let's move on to the next guy, which I think rounds out our episode, and it is Angus Sheldrick, coming in priced at 301.8K as a pure mid. And uh, his average for 2023 was 60 on the dot. Does unfortunately have the two buys because Sydney plays in round zero. Uh, of course, as I mentioned, that average of 60 is affected, however, by two games in which he was subbed off and on in the match in round seven and 10 with scores of nine and 11. So if we take these out, he comes out with a true average of 80 with scores ranging from 53 to 102, including three scores of 90 plus from those five games. His season did end prematurely against Richmond when he suffered a syndesmosis injury and had surgery after his round 17 match. It did look as though the one thing that, I guess, held Sheldrick back from getting a prolonged stint in the engine room was what looked to be mm. a lack of fitness given his high rotation off the bench and low time on ground, which was just 57%, 55 73 and 71% in all four games that he wasn't the sub. Despite this, he still managed an impressive 1.08 points per minute, featuring scores of 61, 91, 93, and 102. So there's plenty of upside with Sheldrick as he goes into his third season at the club. In his stretch of games from round 13 to round 17, he was getting consistent CBAs to the tune of 44%, 34 46 41%, and 41% again. And as we've seen, the Swans prefer to share the CBAs around with a wider group, meaning he may be limited in the number of CBAs that he does end up getting in 2024, but should get enough to make some cash at the very least. Uh, so in terms of verdict, I did like what uh, we saw of Sheldrick in 2023 when he got a crack in the middle, but his lack of fitness and time spent on the bench was a frustrating watch, knowing what he's capable of. If he can get a fair crack at minutes in the engine room across the practice game and at round zero especially, there's a bit of a bonus there because we don't need to start him uh, and we can get mm. that... Uh, you know, a bit of a bit of a look through the uh, through the window. Our faces, you know, pushed up against the glass, and we get to watch how he's looking, uh, and then kind of assess from there as to whether or not he's a worthy starter come round one. Liam, are you a fan? Yes, I am a fan. Fan of what he, I'm a fan of what he can do. I'm a fan of what he could do for us, super coach wise. He's a wait and see for me, definitely. I'm not not going to win my side now because a 300k player is very awkward um, mm. to fit in. Especially if you've I already mean, got an yeah. Amon who's awkwardly priced or a Crouch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I could fit him in definitely into my side, looking at what cash I've got in one of the players that I want to get rid of that's sitting in my side that's high pri- uh, 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 forward that's forward rookie that's high oh, price that I don't want. I was going to say, uh, is it a bloke <laughs> that you don't want? Is he by the name of a Jack Steele? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to downgrade Jack Steele for or is it Nat five? Thank the 200. So, uh, Nat five hasn't even crossed, not even getting close to my side. <laughs> when you mentioned a forward, I was like, I was going from okay, it's steel. No, it's not steel. Oh, it's Nat five. No, no, no. Like, I'm not joking when I say five is on my never again list. Like he is. He's, not, he's 100% even, me as well. I've actually um hacked into his super coach and just removed him <laughs> as an option from uh, from my from my just uh, so account, you don't see so. his name. Yeah, exactly. I've, there's so many times when I've scrolled down a list and I've he's, I've seen his name pop up and I've literally done like the, the you know the two finger scroll of like frustration like yeah. get off my screen. <laughs> uh, that's kind of my relationship Ooh. now with Nat Fife. Having yes. sworn myself off him last year, of course, and then started with him like an absolute dick, and I I blame Bevo 100 percent because McLean didn't get selected, and then oh look oh, at this yeah. I've got a spare spot. Look at this I've got some extra cash, idiot. Uh, but anyway, so Sheldrick. 
Sheldrick, yes, I don't mind it. If he was 50K cheaper, I would have no question. I'd probably even start him. And it's dumb because, like, if he's 50K cheaper, he's, you know, I mean, at, at 301K, he's only, like, 100K cheaper, more expensive, sorry, than your high-priced rookies of Reed and mm. McKercher. So he's yep. really um, kind of realistically is a premium rookie, premium, premium. Yeah. Um, so it's not that bad. So I think I'd have to see him. I mean, there's no guarantee. There's no nothing to back him in yet. So I'd wait and see. But uh, yeah, don't mind watching him and the fact that we get him in round one. Sorry, round zero to uh to watch him before we pick him in round one. It gives us yeah, it gives us a nice option um, yeah. before we start him, which is good. I'm going to say this now because I, I I got the the feeling from watching him in the games that he played in 2023. Yeah. And we've spoken about this bloke uh, numerous times uh, in this episode. But I'm going to say that it reminds me of a young Tom Mitchell when he was at the Swans. Didn't have the fitness to run out uh, minutes mm. in the midfield. Uh, accumulator. Uh, his kind of points per minute was pretty good. Um, and, yeah, it was just high rotations off the bench. So maybe he is in the mold of a Tom Mitchell. Uh, and as we know, Tom Mitchell came mm. out and absolutely smashed it when he finally got an opportunity. So... He's definitely a watch. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, round zero, uh, what better time to do it before we uh, kind of have to commit 100%. Exactly. But um, Liam, that rounds us out for the end of part two of Midsweek. And having looked at primos and mid prices already, of course, it's safe to assume that we have some rookie juice to crack mm. open in the next step. I'm just sampling some here, straight out, fresh out of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say no. I was gonna say a name, but I won't. Straight out of the laboratory. Uh, this is it's much better. Is a, it's oh. actually sugar. It's actually sugar-free rookie juice as well. Oh, sugar-free. They, they make this one only in sugar-free now. Apparently, they call it Sprite rookie juice. Um, yeah, it's only in sugar-free. <laughs> oh yes, crack open some rookie juice because we're gonna uh, take a look at some. Uh... <laughs> So I can't even go. I don't even know to go for me now. It's yeah. My webcam's gone all fuzzy, Liam. I don't know if it's happening on your end, but oh. uh, I have gone complete fuzz, and I think it's a side effect from drinking this juice. It's it is yes, it, it is very experimental. Blurry. It's just gone blurry. Yeah, it's gone very uh, very blurry, and it's experimental. And I'm feeling a little bit a little mm. bit drunk. I think so. I don't know what oh. they're putting this rookie juice. But we gotta get out of this episode. We let's get out of this up. episode. Yep. So, Liam, if anyone wants to jump down into our, our DMs, whether it be Jack Steele, uh, not a Nat Fife, um, where can they do so? They can do so on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge, at demoj88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You'll find us there. Um, this is a no Nat Fives club as well, just by the way. Mm. Yep. hundred percent. And I'm getting, I'm getting fuzzier by the minute. So we shouldn't yeah. be here. <laughs> I'm going to be one pixel soon. So <laughs> until next time, thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next step. So we'll catch you then. See you guys. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 